Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. This is The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us as we fight to preserve and protect the American way. The American way was under bold assault on Face the Nation this weekend as leftist Margaret Brennan and her guest, far-left Delaware Senator Chris Coons, appeared to be following the same corporate globalist script as they clearly stated their views that it's up to the United States to finance a vaccination program at solely American taxpayer expense, of course, to save lives around the world. Now, these two on CBS, obviously enthusiastic about the plan, many Marxists who decry the United Nations' failure to live up to the hopes and expectations of predominantly Marxist one-worlders, are now trying to find another direction in which to build global governance. Where has the United Nations been in Ukraine, for example? Why has it acquiesced to the will of communist China and Russia? And where is the United Nations World Health Organization in combating the COVID virus around the world? Doesn't it have a global, a global ambition for vaccination? Why didn't Brennan and Coons take up those obvious questions? Why did they ignore the tremendous existing U.S. national debt of $30 trillion, greater than the size of our national economy? Why not discuss fair shares of burden? including communist China, the Middle East, the European Union, all nations with far less debt than the United States. The American Marxists appear ready to be the next best thing when it comes to creating a foundation for building that one world government, as they seek to intentionally squander more of America's wealth, run up ruinous levels of national debt that will crush American taxpayers, devastate the most secure markets on the planet, the American capital markets, and destroy the U.S. economy. That is clearly their intention. There is no other certainly obvious possibility. Doubt that the Marxist left Democrats don't mean to destroy us? Here's Brennan asking Coons if President Biden should set a red line in Ukraine and send in U.S. troops. Coons wouldn't back away from his call for the Biden administration to consider sending troops to Ukraine. He is, in my opinion, a sickening example of the worst kind of leftists, willing to sacrifice American lives to serve their mad Marxist agenda. Absolutely disgusting. The senator, though, wasn't through. He then tried to hijack Easter for his call to send our troops to another foreign war, irrespective of our national interest, irrespective of the cost in American lives and treasure, while insulting a billion or more Christians. Coons revealed himself as nothing more than another leftist trying to eliminate God from our lives in America. He said this, that the reason American families come together on Easter is to celebrate the best of the human spirit and grieve the loss of lives to COVID. The senator ignored the obvious truth, that on Easter, Christians celebrate the resurrection of the Son of God, 
the most significant day in all of Christianity, the keeping of God's promise, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gift of forgiveness of our sins and life eternal for those who believe in Jesus Christ. Coons actually tried to secularize the holiest of days in Christianity with his ignorant and destructive call for American troops in Ukraine. And he did so without comment from the show's host. As I said, disgusting. But Florida and its governor are inspiring parents and state governments all over the country as Florida fights the Marxist Dems' efforts to indoctrinate their students in public schools. Florida's education department banned 54, imagine that, 54 of the school's math textbooks, math, mind you, for trying to indoctrinate students in critical race theory in math classes, not just CRT, but other woke nonsense, including Common Core and SEL, social emotional learning. Not in Florida and good for Florida. Woke ideology is also a huge problem in the federal government, and believe it or not, in our military. The Pentagon driving the woke nonsense throughout the services, and many question the effect on our troops and their combat readiness. Not a minor issue in these uncertain times. Joining us today, our guest is Congressman Darrell Isom, one of the truly great Americans in the Congress, a businessman, a politician. He's a member of the Foreign Affairs and Judiciary Committees. ISA is also a member of the Republican Study Committee, a large number of caucuses, including the Second Amendment, Army, and Border Security Caucuses. And we're delighted to have you with us here on The Great America Show, Congressman. Welcome. You're already in the thick of the action here. You've called for uh, the DOJ uh, to investigate Black Lives Matter after it used $6 million of its uh, uh, nonprofit donations to buy a sprawling Los Angeles mansion. What could be wrong with that? So many things, Lou. Thank you for having me on. And, and, and thanks for covering what is on its face a wrongful activity. You know, not everything that happens can you look and say, well, wait a second, that shouldn't happen. Sometimes you have to do a little investigation to find out if there's a good reason. Now, what is the good reason that somebody might invest in a house that is currently fair market valued at about $4 million and pay $6 million on something that they clearly can't use? It's not an office property. It is a mansion. Um, but that, that would be bad enough. But the, the facts of it are that in a matter of weeks after it was bought, it was flipped to them for almost $3 million more than had been paid for it. You go, well, wait a second. That's inherently wrong. It's, in, it's clearly inherently wrong to pay too much and, of course, have a connection to the person who made it. And then the question is, where did that money go? So that's why this is not a hard one. This is one for the IRS and the Department of Justice to do their job. And what do you, I, by the way, I, I didn't realize, I mean, the aggregate at play there, uh, I think is somewhere around, uh, what, uh, nine to $10 million then between flips, purchases. This house was sold for what might've been a deal uh, at around $3 million and then resold to uh, Black Lives Matter at $6 million a few weeks later, that trans those two transactions back-to-back -back could not have been without anticipation. Uh, and they're exactly the way if you're trying to play a shell of taking 
not nonprofit money, charity money, and funnel it to yourself, whether it's in commissions or in, in, in unearned profits of flipping the house. That's what is on its face, easy to see. I've talked to half a dozen of the best realtors who deal in these kinds of properties. Huh. Uh, no question at all. Uh, the first sale was at or below uh, a fair market. The next sale was clearly above fair market. And you know, if you if you run a nonprofit, you have fiduciary obligation not to be a stupid buyer, but you also have an obligation to spend the money for the intended purpose. There is no intended purpose that has been stated on this, and everyone that's been asked has simply clammed up, and they won't talk until somebody comes in, like the IRS, that has the right to revoke uh, Black Lives Matter's tax-free status and collect revenues on these gains, uh, or the Department of Justice that walks in with the kind of clout that you don't just say, I won't talk to you. But that right now isn't happening, and we need it to happen. Uh, obviously, as a as a member of Congress, we can do some investigations. But look, we don't we don't want to investigate every charity that does wrong. But we certainly want to make sure that the taxpayers are protected. And in fairness, donors who gave money to organizations like this need to be protected. And that's a lot of money, a lot of money to go into a house way above market uh, under such suspicious uh, circumstances. I, I want to get to some of the other sources, uh, repu- reported sources uh, for Black Lives Matter. A, a, it's a self-confessed uh, uh, Marxist uh, organization. Uh, but this is the co-founder of BLM reacting to those darn 990s and the requirements to report faithfully uh, for your nonprofit. Here's Patrice Scholars on the inconvenience of our tax code. You know, first of all, number one, I actually did not know what 990s were before all of this happened. It's confusing. So part of the opportunity here is to educate our folks. Like something's being weaponized against us that many people don't even know and honestly don't care about. I didn't know about them until they started asking us for them for COVID relief funds. (laughs) I said, you need my 990. I had to call the accountant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the accountant handled that. Like, I, I don't know what that is. Um, it, it is such a trip now to hear the word, the, 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 the term 990s. I'm like, ugh, it's like triggering. Um, <laughs> April 15th is next week. Yo. She obviously has a great sense of humor about it. Uh, she was giggling just a bit, uh, reminiscent of, uh, uh, of Kamala Harris, the vice president. Uh, her response to lots of questions, giggling over a uh, uh, and, and a serious issue. What is what kind of support are you getting for this inquiry into Black Lives Matter? I've been getting lots and lots of calls. Uh, you know, I operate a family foundation. I file a nine ninety, um, and I got to tell you, we don't give to any charities without looking at their nine ninety and individual. There are independent agencies who evaluate these charities, and they give them an A through an F. What do you think Black Lives Matter's rating is? Yes, it is an F. If there was an F minus, they would have it. Uh, and the reason simply is that the money brought in versus the money that actually can be shown going to any beneficiaries is de minimis. And that's what gets you an F, is lots of money coming in, no benefit going out. Um, and so, uh, you know, my view on this is if you if you founded a nonprofit and you don't know that the 990 is how people get 
an assurance that you're honestly filing, you know, filing using the money properly. Because a 990 is not a private IRS form. It's a public form so that a public foundation can be held at least reasonably accountable. And I don't care if you're the Red Cross or you're a very small family foundation, you file these because the public has a right to know. And the right to know in this case includes the source of that funding. Uh, And we understand that a number of the uh, donors to Black Lives Matters and supporters are corporate uh, corporations, big corporations uh, who have decided to take on a left wing uh, embrace of uh, social governance uh, that is uh, all too, in my judgment, all too common in corporate America. Uh, what would be the implications for any corporate donor that gets involved with this uh, this nonprofit now? Well, corporate boards do get embarrassed when they see a company misusing the funds, but sometimes it takes a long time. And you, you mentioned uh, left-leaning boards and that those you can't embarrass, you can't shame. Uh, but, you know, over the years, uh, you know, Jesse Jackson with his rainbow push and others, they ran shakedowns of these corporations, uh, basically saying, give to us or we're going to be focusing on your bank and the like. Uh, and Black Lives Matter, I believe, took a page out of that. And that is part of how they got money from some entities who would love nothing more than to say, look, we we can no longer give to this group because they clearly have some governance problems or the like. Uh, And it's one of the reasons that uh, 990s can be telling. A board sometimes can look and say, look, we, we understand they're asking for money, but this is not a charity. This is somebody's piggy bank. And, you know, there's been history of other organizations. And, you know, I disagree with what Black Lives Matter does and how they've incited riots and they've been part of violence. I, I disagree with a lot of that. But even if you agree with Black Lives Matter, you've got to be shaking your head and saying, I, this wasn't supposed to be giving to private individuals to enrich themselves, but it clearly is. And they are way too close between their non-for-profit and, quite frankly, their own profit making, which appears to be huge. Absolutely. And I, I want to go to another area that uh, of, let's put it this way, public interest and uh, great concern, and that is the uh, Hunter Biden laptop, we now know with a clear, clear timeline, the implication of uh, of Hunter Biden uh, into, frankly, the impeachment, the first impeachment of President Trump, uh, his role in Ukraine, uh, he and his father's role uh, to a degree, but the degree to which we do know it in their business dealings in China and Ukraine uh, this is a, a family enterprise, and it looks on its uh, on its face to be a criminal enterprise that has been covered up uh, by a host of federal agencies, in addition to the family and the Democratic Party, of course, uh, over over time. You're calling now for a, a House Republican probe uh, into the laptop uh, and Hunter Biden, which, by the way, I, I want to commend you for doing so. Uh, for the life of me, I do not understand why the Republicans, knowing that there is a, a Democratic-inspired uh, witch hunt of the President of the United States, uh, and as a candidate over a course of five years, and now as a private citizen uh, over the course of the past year, uh, why in the world the Republicans wouldn't have done it sooner? 
Uh, tell us about uh, what you are recommending the House do. Well, I'm recommending two things. One is that the House do its job and investigate whether violations of a number of laws, including because we now know that money's flowed from Hunter Biden to then Vice President, now President Biden. And we know later that money's flowed when Biden, when Hunter was in trouble from the former vice president at that time to uh, Hunter. We know that, in fact, this is a enterprise in which monies flow back and forth. And that, by definition, begs the question of, well, wait a second, the vice president and before that, when he was a senator and now as president, they have outside limits as to what they can make and they have to disclose them. No such disclosures ever occurred. Those are all within Congress's purview. Needless to say, we need to push to get the IRS to do their job, which we we clearly see it uh, need to be done. And, and lastly, we need to investigate probably the worst part of it, which was that when the New York Post made this public, what we saw was a systematic shutting down by Twitter, Facebook, uh, and uh, Google, and quite frankly, all the mainstream media, so that the American people, what what was known by the FBI two years earlier, known by, uh, published by the Post in October, was not known by the American people when they went to the polls in November. That cannot continue. And so the investigation of the coordinated shutdown of information needs to be investigated, uh, not to get off of Hunter Biden, but there's also now evidence that the swamp, if you will, to use a term, people in the Department of Justice and the FBI uh, and at the National Security were providing briefings to Twitter that there was misinformation as to Hunter Biden that mm-hmm. should be was coming. Well, wait a second. It wasn't misinformation. And the FBI knew that this was the real McCoy and that this this laptop contained the kind of damning information that they didn't want out that is now out. That happened while Trump was president. Well, his, his attorney general was there. There needs to be a thorough investigation of whether you have rogue agencies that don't care who the president is. They have their own political agenda. And it appears that we have exactly that. Uh, they are rogue, uh, uh, rogue agencies, as you say. And the FBI, uh, Christopher Ray is an absolute uh, dupe uh, and co-conspirator. Uh, with the authors of the Steele dossier, with the effort to cover up for Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, the Biden family, uh, corruption. Uh, There is no question of this. This is a straightforward fact based on evidence and testimony uh, that we all now have. It's in the public domain. And yet we still don't, even though, uh, and it's it's amazing how much gratitude was expressed to the August New York Times uh, and the Washington Post for uh, acceding to the idea that, yes, the laptop scandal is valid, it's true, and it implicates uh, a lot of government agencies, including the Secret Service, which the uh, computer shop repairman uh, congressman, uh, a fellow by the name of John Paul uh, McIsaac, uh, said clearly uh, was protecting the Biden family and covering for Hunter Biden. Now, we also know that every other agency uh, beyond the Secret Service had to be doing exactly the same thing. 
your reaction to how entrenched this out abject corruption is in our federal government? Well, we're only beginning to see how how bad it is, uh, but it, it does it does show you something, which is that democracy and free and fair elections are what we've been discussing going back all the way to 2000 and the outcome of the so-called hanging chat. And each time we've had a problem, Congress has weighed in, provided money to try to make sure that we have free and fair elections. If we have within the government agencies that distort what, what the American people get to know, distort, if you will, criminal allegations when none exist or hide criminal uh, wrongdoing when it does exist, then that rule of law undermines any possibility of a free and fair elections. The American people cannot make the right decision if they're denied the right information or in the case of 2016 and for the next three years, endlessly told a lie uh, to undermine a president uh, for almost his entire uh, time as president. That's where we are today. And that's a big part of where the Judiciary Committee, as the, the primary defender of the Constitution, we've got to get the First Amendment working again, but we also have to get these agencies uh, free of the kind of corrupt behavior that we now know they were guilty of. Uh, and, you know, you can always, in one time when an agency makes a mistake, if that, if that laptop had just languished and nobody looked at it, you'd say, well, that was ineptness. But when you see systematic act activity again and again and again, Again, you realize, no, deeply embedded in the Department of Justice, deeply embedded uh, in the FBI and other agencies are people who are running the show for the left constantly, no matter who's in the White House. Now, do I blame the attorney generals that Trump uh, put in there for not building a system to try to root some of that out? Of course. But at the end of the day, Congress is a sustaining body, and we need to make sure that no president ever inherits this kind of a swamp again. And that's going to take us years, certainly the two years I hope to be in the majority before the next presidential election, but well beyond that. Uh, it's something I've been doing for years uh, in the way of oversight, but it's it's clear that we've, we haven't made as much progress as we wanted since the days of Lois Lerner and the IRS going after conservative groups, since the uh, Fast and Furious uh, program uh, where the attorney general uh, was, was complicit in trying to uh, use guns, weaponize guns to, uh, for his political game. The, the, the list is endless of past investigations. But the future investigations, in many cases, are going to be more serious and more fundamental to our democracy. I, I appreciate the fact that you use the expression more serious, because I got the feeling that Benghazi was not a serious investigation of Hillary Clinton uh, or the Obama administration's role in Benghazi. Uh, I, 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 I've seen a lot of investigations, but one thing that's very clear is that corrupt people hire corrupt people throughout our federal government, the permanent bureaucracy. Christopher Wray uh, is, is a corrupt director. He lied uh, directly to the United States Congress uh, when in September he said, this is Russian disinformation, that there is a campaign, a drumbeat, uh, and then went about with his hair on fire, uh, running off to social media, to every avenue and throughout uh, the corporate media uh, to set up the shield 
for Joe Biden, which he used in that third debate to his advantage. In, in ab absolute fact, this is a statement of fact. The Democratic Party, the deep state, stole the election of 2020. And they did so uh, in orchestration with big tech, big media, and uh, and there's just no equivocation about it. And yet, well said, there is well said, Lou. You're you're exactly right. And you know, and he's got a 10 year term uh, unless he's forced out sooner. And that's that's one of the big problems with corruptness at the FBI is that uh, we've tried to insulate it from politics, but in fact, we've insulated the ability to oversee it. Yep, that's that's a great point, and uh, and it's whether it's James Comey, Christopher Ray, uh, the list goes uh, on from here. I'm sure until someone uh, like Congressman Issa uh, breaks this the uh, the cycle, if you will, Congressman. I I've got to ask you. You've said it's going to take years. We know that corruption is pervasive, it's deep, and it's profound throughout the federal government, the permanent bureaucracy, the deep state. We know the Democratic Party has lied, cheated, and stolen. And yet, the ability of our, in our, of our legal system, and they've tried, of course, throughout that three times to overthrow one president, uh, as well as block his candidacy, there is no, there is no recourse in law. There is no way uh, that I can see that uh, there's a straight line to accountability, to punishment for evil uh, acts by the Democrats. There are people in government that are always there yelling, hey, we have a problem. One of the groups that is there saying it almost universally are the inspector generals. Uh, they do a good job. They tend to not be co-opted. But they don't have the ability to bring an indictment, uh, and often they, uh, they're undermined by the administrations themselves. Uh, so, you know, in my years of doing this, when I found the right whistleblowers and I found the right advocates, the question, and that's why I said it'll take years, but it is doable. We need to create, and this, this is a constitutional conundrum, we need to create a second way to, for government to look at itself. Congress cannot bring an indictment and separation of powers intended that they not be able to bring an indictment. But there have to be places that are independent of the influence of a president that can bring indictments, uh, if you will, on all the president's men. And we've been dealing with that for a long time. Impeachment is not the right tool, but we need to have that. And, and you know, you mentioned Benghazi. There were people in government. Uh, including the undersecretary, uh, Patrick Kennedy, who were absolutely accountable for the original mistakes that were made that led to the ambassador and his men being killed. And then, as you say, we had a, a secretary of state who had broken the law, and yet the chances of her, the administration ever indicting her when, in fact, she could have been indicted were zero. And of course, they proved it by later saying there wasn't something to be done there, even though they've indicted people for far less violations of classified material. So, Lou, one of the goals I have as a watchdog, if we're given the opportunity again, is not just to do investigations, 
but to fundamentally change the path of those investigations leading to meaningful prosecutions. And look, it's not going to be easy, but I believe we can do it. And I think we have to do it. Uh, Our founding fathers did not understand one thing, which is if a president wanted to break the law and use his vast military uh, to do it, he could do it. And impeachment wasn't a meaningful tool um, that we now know that. And we have to create a uh, secondary capability. And you mentioned Benghazi. Good example. Hillary Clinton, when we discovered she had broken the law, it should have been a short path to an administration doing something. And by the way, it should have been a short path when the next administration came in. But of course, they looked and said, well, that's that's not that's not consistent with our political agenda. It can't be about political agenda. You break the law, you need to be held accountable. And if you're high ranking and you break the law, you really need to be held accountable. And that's not what happens uh, right now in America. Uh, It does seem to happen if you work for Trump. It doesn't seem to happen if you work for a Democrat. I think that's exactly right. One side gets punished. One side uh, is punishing in its corruption and its commitment to, to values outside those of the national interest national values, uh, and national security. Uh, And straightforwardly, the Democratic Party is rancid with corruption uh, and its alignment with the deep state. Uh, To look only at Joe Biden, this this president has tentacles uh, that reach out from the Biden crime family to China, to Russia, from Hunter Biden to Ukraine, Uh, and beyond. And we still don't know what the purpose of Biden's, Hunter Biden's interest in those biolabs in Ukraine was. Uh, These are deeply, deeply troubling questions. They're not only not being answered, they're not being asked by the corporate media. And which was our last refuge once the deep state took control of our government. Well, Lou, one of the things that when you touched on that, that's happening as we speak is, and I'm very excited about it, the fact that somebody who wants freedom for America and for the world, uh, Elon Musk, is willing to say, you know what, there's a tool being misused, Twitter, and I'm willing to pay too much for it. He's paying way above what would be considered right. market uh, because he wants that tool to be used differently differently than it was when it stifled these investigations, different than it did when it took down President Trump, different than when it took takes down lots of people or, or, you know, people like Jim Jordan find they've got the Twitter numbers, but suddenly the message isn't getting out because they're using algorithms to cheat them. Well, he can't afford, Elon Musk can't buy uh, Google or Facebook. They're trillion dollar companies, but Twitter's affordable and he's made a very valid offer for it and i i suspect they're going to say no promptly even though it's a fair offer but it it does show you that the deep state including these tech companies they do not want somebody who he look elon musk isn't in my pocket but he certainly is one of those people who has reinvented things i remember when he came to us years ago and said you're being cheated on the cost of launching by these companies that for 50 years have made rockets and i'll prove it to you and you know what this guy who we thought of as paypal uh you know turned into somebody who proved that you can make rockets and launch them for half less than half the price that kind of genius given a passion for uh, a free society and one in which the truth gets heard is exciting. 
Now, I'm, like I say, I think they're going to turn him down, but it certainly shows America what it's all about and that uh, Twitter is uh, part of this cover up and does not want to be sold to somebody who just might not take down uh, honest speech when they di- when somebody disagrees with it. Yeah, I, I'm glad you're acknowledging and uh, praising uh, Elon Musk because he's not only an extraordinary uh, disruptor for which he gets, I think, Great credit, deservingly so. But he is also a creative genius. And, you know, that physics degree, people forget about that physics degree that he has. Uh, and, and he taught uh, he taught all of us that those rockets, yes, they can land on a booster uh, on a return to Earth uh, at four square. Uh, and it's he is in taking on Twitter, doing the nation a great service, uh, as you say. Because he has called out Twitter's uh, executives and their founders for what they are. They're oligarchical despots, and they are not uh, operating in any fashion in the American interest. It, It is a sad, sad organization, and perhaps the melancholy will overwhelm them, and uh, Elon Musk uh, will win himself a hostile takeover uh, of Twitter, because to the the good that would inure to both him financially, frankly, uh, and to the rest of us with the preservation of the First Amendment, uh, you know, it's just exhilarating to think we still have a leader uh, in American business, an oligarch, the biggest oligarch of them all, who actually turns out to be a great patriot. That's amazing, isn't it, Congressman? Well, he is a great patriot, but to uh, to paraphrase or personally quote uh, the late uh, Steve Jobs, you know, here's to the crazy ones who just think differently, who can't fit in and think they can change the world, and and they do. This is a man who has already changed the world, and he continues to not fit in with the tech community, with the incumbent defense community, uh, with the auto community. He'll never fit in. He'll never fit in because that's not what he who he is. Like the man that created and recreated Apple, uh, Musk is a person who wants to change the world and is crazy enough to think he can and has. And you know, I, with all credit to Jobs for the for the crazy uh, epaulette that, that he would put on Elon Musk's uh, uniform and uh, others, I, I think also God's gift of a great mind uh, and a great uh, great heart uh, also goes a long way. And I think that is uh, descriptive of Elon uh, Musk as well. Oh, absolutely, and and a work ethic uh, that is second to none. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, a great mind has to also be applied uh, to a particular mission. And I, 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 I applaud him for applying to, yet again, a completely different mission from the ones he has already proven to be uh, successful and a genius in. Uh, most people wouldn't have the bandwidth to even be thinking about something so far from their core business. Uh, Henry Ford was very good at one thing, but he wasn't very good at every thing. Uh, this is more like an Edison that, you know, can be beyond, can, can just look at a new job, a new thing and, and pick it up and do it. And, uh, but we need that and we need more of them and we need people who believe 
that an open and free and fair uh, First Amendment actually is a good thing, even when you don't always agree with what gets said. And that's uh, that's where Musk really makes a difference is he wants every everyone's words to be heard, not just the ones he agrees with. Yeah. And uh, kudos. Uh, great, great pl- uh, plaudits uh, to Elon Musk and uh, to Congressman Daryl Isom. A great congressman, a great American, a great patriot. Great to have you with us here on the show. Uh, I look forward to our next conversation. And But before we have that, our convention is always to give our guests the last word. Congressman Issa. You know, the last word is that freedom is just around the corner. A return to uh, the First Amendment, as it was intended, is just around the corner. Uh, I'm just old enough to know that after Jimmy Carter came Ronald Reagan, I see the future as very, very bright. uh, But we have a lot of work to do, and uh, we better get to it. Amen. And and by that, I may, if I may, I add one word now. Congressman, <laughs> thanks, Lou. thanks so much. God bless you. God bless. Congressman Daryl Issa, thank you for being with us, everybody. Tomorrow we'll be talking with a great American hero, Robert O'Neill, the man who shot Osama bin Laden, a terrific author, speaker, and I think one of the best folks on Twitter. His handle is M-C-H-O-O-Y-A-H, M-C-H-O-O-Y-A-H. or just search for Robert J. O'Neill on Twitter. And please join us here tomorrow when we'll be talking with Mr. O'Neill. There'll be no quiz, I promise. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.